Hello, good people. Welcome to Movie Reviews in 20 Qs. I am your host, Sam Hurley, and with me is Stacey. Now, Stacey, I need to talk to you about your TPS reports, and I'm going to need you to come in on Saturday. How are you, Stacey? <laughs> I was wondering what was wrong with you. <laughs> mm, that's right. I'm going to do the entire show in the way of Bill Lumberg. Uh, right. Did you get that memo, Kahu? Um, Kahu is also yeah. with us. Did you get that memo? Thanks, Bill. Uh, Sam. <laughs> uh, I got the memo. I got the memo, and I'm super pumped about being here for this one. It's one of my all-time favourite movies. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm going to scrap the Bill Lumberg because I've had enough of that shit. Thanks um, God for that. Yeah, it's a special podcast here, guys, because we are doing Kahu's favourite movie, Office Space. And we are also in a very new office space. We are now coming to you live and direct. Oh, this isn't live, is it? Okay, we're coming <laughs> We're coming to direct to your ear holes from the New Zealand Radio School in Tauranga. Anyway, office space. IMDb have this rated at 7.8 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes have this at 79%. Now, Kahu, as your favourite movie, what do you give this out of 10,000? I'm giving this a 9,500 out of 10,000. <laughs> That's a, that's a great movie. I, I watched it again last night for probably about the fifth or sixth time, and it's just as good as the first time. Jesus, that's good. It's just such a great commentary of everything that's kind of wrong with anything corporate-related. Totally. What about you, Stace? What do you think about the movie? I'm not going to mark it as high as Kahu did. Mm. It's still <laughs> relevant today. Kind of depressing, though. Anyway, I'm going to give this 7,342. Cool. Tough uh, crowd. Tough crowd. Very tough crowd. I love this movie. I'm going to give this 8,997. <laughs> wow, that's a high score, Sam. Yeah, totally. So, if you haven't watched Office Space, but you want to listen along to the podcast, Stacey's going to give you a quick rundown on the plot. Okay, corporate drone Peter Gibbons hates his soul-killing job at a software company, Inatech. While undergoing hypnotherapy, Peter is left in a blissful state when his therapist dies in the middle of their session. He refuses to work overtime, plays games at his desk and unintentionally charms two consultants into putting him on the management fast track. When Peter's friends learn they're about to be downsized, they hatch a revenge plot against the company inspired by Superman 3. Cool, so if you haven't listened to this podcast before, what we do is we now review that movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. We start with an all play, we finish with an all play, and first up is this. In the movie, we are treated to a woman who basically says... Sounds like someone's got a case of the Mondays. So the first question here, guys. Share a co-worker's repeated catchphrase that makes you rail against humanity every time you hear it. Anything to do with corporate synergy, really. I just <laughs> I just can't stand that shit. I mean, all it means is people talking to each other. Just use those words. Buzzwords in general just drive me nuts. Why don't people just say what they mean? I yeah. Mean, what is what is synergy or unsiloed thinking? It's just... <laughs> Talk to each other. What the hell is on Never even on? heard that one before. It's the internet age. You just can't get away with that kind of crap anymore. One um, that we've had recently at work is resourcing, which basically means hiring someone to do the job. Oh, right. It's like, yeah, we get it. You're going to need someone to do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, no, I've got a great one on the resourcing line of thinking. It's when somebody, somebody usually in a management position, asks you if you have capacity to do something. It's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I never have capacity, but it just seems like it's too much of a word that could 
use a much more simpler word to describe the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Compare yourself to a tank of water. Can yeah. you do this in the next couple of days? I mean, imagine if you turn around and said, no, do you have the capacity to fuck off? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Just wait to, for me to wind up my middle finger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, I've got a couple of answers here. One thing I really hate is when people say that something just literally happened. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it literally just happened. It's like, no shit, it just happened. (laughs) As opposed to it metaphorically just happened. Yeah, or figuratively, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so that one's a killer. Um, But I'd have to agree with you, Kahu, corporate taglines and things like that drive me nuts and and often when you have KPIs or goals and things like that people want to be world class at something yeah how do you become world class at something in business in the office I don't get that there's no world olympics for office stuff so you're never gonna you're never gonna reach it you're never gonna get there so why say it and if everybody has the goal of becoming world class then won't that just end up making everybody average? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. My one is, well, I worked with a guy over in England and we actually nicknamed him Lumberg. He was the best representation of Bill Lumberg in an English form. He was a team leader who'd come over to us and just prattle on about stuff that no one really cared about. He often used to just stare down women's tops and he also used to, he'd give a woman's report back to her and have like two or three changes and they're just real minor, you know, swapping synonyms really. But then a guy gets a report back and there'd be like 10 or 20 sort of you know marks and changes and all that stuff like it was just so weird but his catchphrase was always where's the harm like you'd be doing your work and then you'd be like well you know what well, i don't know how to make up my mind on this is why i've come to ask you and you'd look at you and go where's the harm where's the harm where's the harm in asking him or where's the harm in doing what you were going to do yeah where's the harm in allowing something and I, quite often the harm used to be the harm used to be gathering at the end of my fist we're about ready to sock him in the jaw but I used to hear it at least 27 times a day. <laughs> Not that I'd sit at my desk and count them. And well, literally, where's the harm in that? Yeah, figuratively. Do you have capacity to find the harm in that, Stacey? <laughs> do I need a resource someone else to find the capacity to find the harm in As long as it's a world-class resource. With the synergy. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so at the start of the movie, when we first meet Peter, he's a little bit dissatisfied with his job and his life in general, and he's just cruising along. And, you know, it's a very consultanty thing to say. I don't know where he got it from, but one of his things was, if you had a million dollars, what would you do? And that was supposed to be the kind of job that you did, and because you enjoyed doing it anyway. Guys, if you had a million dollars, what would you do? If I had a million dollars, I'd have to go with Peter on this one. I would do absolutely absolutely nothing and it would be everything that I dreamed it could be (laughs) (laughs) at least at first anyway I'm sure I'd figure out some kind of scheme so it would make me a consistent income without still not having to do anything that I didn't want I love watching movies obviously hence why this podcast and I'd probably just get a job at the movie theater maybe a couple of hours a week and basically just get the staff benefit of being able to go to watch as many movies as I like yeah even though you had a million dollars to pay for movies yeah I'm I'm a tight ass (laughs) I think if I came if I had a million dollars the first thing i'll do is just come home and be like stacy i've got a million dollars pack your bags and yeah. she'd be like where are we going somewhere sunny or cold and i'd say don't care you're out of here oh just pack your bags and just travel the world till your money ran out yeah neither of you guys would do that because you're too sensible you'd invest something or do something proper with it 
Yeah. Maybe. Righto. So we see two equally dysfunctional workplaces in this movie, Inatech, the software company, and Chotskis across the road where they go get their coffee. Which would be worse, working at Inatech or working at Chotskis? Oh, hands down Chotskis. I mean, I've worked at a supermarket before and there's nothing worse than dealing with the public, ever. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I, I can't un, like understate it, you know, having to deal, like having to put on that fake, how are you, how are you going, rah, rah, which is expected of you. Not to mention you work with a dickhead like Todd, and on top of that, you've got Jennifer Aniston wandering around, you're going to be perving at her all day, and you've got to have 15, 17, whatever pieces of flair, stuff that. I don't want to look like a goddamn pincushion. Yeah, I, I did actually agree on Chotsky's. I mean, that boss's moustache is just enough to put you off being in that workplace. <laughs> But I'll take the opposing view and go with Inatech, mainly because of how Peter explains his work life when he's in his counselling session. So he goes along to this counselling session with his on-again, off-again, it seems, girlfriend Anne, and this guy's a hypnotherapist, and basically he just wants to get the hypnotherapist to make him seem like he's going fishing every day (laughs) instead of being at work. And so Peter says... So I was sitting in my cubicle today and I realised ever since that I started working, every single day of my life has been the worst than the day before it. So that means that every single day that you see me, that's on the worst day of my life. Which is just about the most depressing thing I've ever heard. So what about now? Was today the worst day of your life? (laughs) Yes. That's messed up. (laughs) Okay, good answers guys. So tell me, which characters would you kiss, marry or kill? Yeah, see, you're a little scumbag for putting this in there because there's literally, what, four or five females in the entire movie? It's and a very male movie. And get creative. And the, just about all of them are gross stereotypes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Joanna for the kiss side of things. For the Mary question, I've kind of gone a little bit left field here and gone with Tom's wife. So Tom <laughs> gets told that he's... <laughs> what? <laughs> She's like 60. <laughs> for, for the, Cougar for a, hunter. For a very solid reason, though. Sabertooth tiger hunter. <laughs> for a very What's solid reason? reason. So Tom gets home. He's been told that he's lost his job, basically because he's one of those people who don't actually do anything. And, and he <laughs> But he takes it down to the engineers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I have people so. skills. <laughs> <laughs> and so he locks himself in his garage and runs the car and contemplates ending his life. Fortunately for him, his wife comes home and he realises he wants to live and he quickly rushes out of the garage and slams into a car and gets a big settlement. So it all kind of works out well for him. True. But the reason that I've chosen Tom's wife is because she walks in on him in the garage and she just doesn't seem to understand the situation. (laughs) So I'm picking she's one of those people who kind of doesn't know what's going on. So I think you'd probably be able to get away with a lot. (laughs) Happy marriage. Makes sense. Very sneaky. I'm marrying a woman like that. (laughs) (laughs) and on the kill side of things in this movie there's really one character who has next to no redeeming features and that's got to be Todd from Chotsky's for me Uh, get a room you two (laughs) I just everything about that guy I just can't stand yeah a gruesome Game of Thrones-esque death Cool, so I'm going to start off on the macabre end of the spectrum, and first I'm going to go with the person I like to kill, and that would be Peter's girlfriend. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking, yeah, Anne, that's the one. I'm not talking about uh, Jennifer Aniston's character, I'm talking about the girl that's cheating on him, uh, which he admits to, and which is joked at a couple of times early on in the movie. Next up, Mary, oh, there's only one real answer here for that, and that's Joanna, that's Jennifer Aniston's character. She's a hot 
hot woman who amazingly gets sexier as she gets older but anyway and then finally for the one I want to kiss hey Kahu why don't you tune to channel 9 and check out the chick that's getting a breast exam <laughs> I want to kiss her <laughs> the hot blondie uh, that's got a boob out on television that yeah, sounds like my sort of woman I want to be case, kissing so I think Lawrence Peter's neighbour might be there first that's <laughs> <laughs> true good work Sam take it away quite interestingly there's a lot of rap music in here which is a bit unusual for a movie like this but I want to know, what would you guys have as your theme song for this movie? I'm going with We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel, which is <laughs> a bit of an odd choice because the whole basis of that song is kind of based around current events at the time the song was written and the end of the world being nigh. But for this one, I thought it was quite apt in that, and it's not too much of a spoiler, that inner tech gets set on fire at the end. Oh, that's quite clever, yeah. But... Actually, the whole working environment of Inatech kind of did start the fire by somebody going postal <laughs> rather than the actual person setting the fire. So there's a bit of a double meaning there. Very Tricky. clever. I like it. Although I have to disagree with you, that's a massive spoiler alert. If, if the <laughs> theme song comes blaring out right at the start of the movie, we didn't start the fire, then <laughs> yeah. you're only left to assume what may happen. Oh, a bit of foreshadowing. I'm going to play you my song. She's dancing too. <laughs> Why do you sing it? Monday, Monday. So good to me. Okay, that's enough. I think you can get the gist of why I chose that song. Yeah, that says Monday morning, so good to me. Yes, sarcastic. Okay, cool. So that moves me on to my second question. Now, have you guys ever gotten a case of the Mondays? Yes, although I wouldn't say it's quite every day, but you know those days when you have a pretty shitty sleep and you get to work and you're just like, even if it's later in the week and you're just like, oh, there's so much time to go left in the week. <laughs> just leave me I, the hell alone. I, I, I kind of find Mondays aren't generally too bad and I think the Tuesday is when it's really the killer and you realise... Mm. And that's when it dawns on you exactly how much you've got to do that week. And yeah. it just looks so long stretching in front of you. I'd have to say that I don't I don't think I've ever had a case of the Mondays because I get the Mondays every day. <laughs> so does that mean it's the every days? Yeah, well done. You've invented a new one. Sounds like Stacey's got a case of the every days. Every day's a Monday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good answer these guys. I completely agree on the Tuesday aspect. I think Tuesdays are the worst day of the week. Final question for me. There's a great scene in this movie where the two guys, Samir and Michael, are getting fired. So as a treat to them, Ron decides to steal the office printer. They take it out into the countryside and beat the living crap out of it with a sledgehammer before Michael starts kicking it and stomping it to death. Now, what piece of office furniture would you guys love? Just, <laughs> just absolutely kicking the crap out of just grey office furniture just really does my head in. <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah. like, why why that soulless grey? But the problem is it's just generally so super solid, so short of bringing a circular saw into work, <laughs> they're going to be pretty hard to destroy. <laughs> grey, boring. You just couldn't beat one of those old school computer monitors with the tube screen, like what they had back in the 90s. Oh, yeah, 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 really yeah. big yeah. one. Just throw that out a window or smash that with a baseball bat. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be pretty satisfying. Yeah, where, where have all those screens gone? Like, mm. is there some where poor were we when the smash up was happening? Yeah, yeah, it's just a big pitch. Cool, Sakahu, your first set of three questions. Right, so my first question for you two is which famous inmate has been least suited to going to prison? And I ask this because 
the three chums in this film, um, they hatched this scheme, which we alluded to earlier, about taking money from, from their workplace, Inatech. And they end up chatting to their other workmate, Tom's lawyer, and, and they're wondering about what happens when they go to prison because they're thinking, oh, yeah, we'll just go to minimum security prison and, and we'll <laughs> conjugal be Conjugal visits prison. <laughs> yeah, yeah, conjugal visits prison. But in the end, after hearing from from Tom's lawyer, they actually realise that they're going to end up end up at what they generalistically call federal pound me in the ass prison. <laughs> so, <laughs> you two, what's your famous inmate least suited to going to prison? I have to go with Martha Stewart. She went to prison a few years ago for... Hard to make a home out of a prison cell, right? Yeah. (laughs) Pretty harsh environment for a 62-year-old woman who's used to baking cookies and folding sheets neatly. My one is going to be Paris Hilton. (laughs) What happened to her? Is she in jail right now? Who knows? But when you've been living in the lap of luxury your entire life and staying in Hilton hotels, going to a prison cell must be that. <laughs> going, to, going to hell. What, what did she go to prison for again? Uh, like drunk driving or yeah, something. Yeah, drunk driving and then she broke a parole. That's right. Yeah, it yeah. was too. Okay, next up for me. What piece of office stationery do you secretly hoard from your co-workers? Calculators. Now hear me out. I am so secretly hoarding these things that it's a secret to even me. I have five calculators and I have no idea where they came from, why I use them, for what. I've got no idea. I've got no idea who their owners were. I've got no idea at what point I picked them up. I literally have five calculators. You were the guy that stole them from your classmates in fifth form maths, weren't you? I usually beat them up for them, but yeah. (laughs) That's insane. You don't even need a calculator for your job, do you? I know. I don't. <laughs> That's the worst part. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to use it for. I use the calculator on the computer if I need anything. You should donate them to the finance department. They always love calculators down there. Oh, they just make it up, don't they? They just <laughs> chuck numbers wherever they want. Nice. Okay, so I don't really hoard office stationery, but in one particular workplace I've worked in, every whiteboard in every meeting room tended to smear black ink all over it every time you wanted to erase what was there previously and clean the board. It would just smear it around and make things worse so the only way to avoid this was to have a squirty bottle of the special whiteboard cleaner liquid so this became the holy grail for people to try and get their own bottle and hide it in their desk or their office get high off it <laughs> yeah, yeah. so they could clean the whiteboard if they're having a meeting oh, and get there's, high off it. there's always some troll that uses the permanent marker too and <laughs> in, in this movie peter begins to dissect a fish on his desk. Basically, when he's under hypnosis, he's just been back from fishing, he's got a great outdoor tan on, and he just doesn't give a shit. Starts filleting his fish, so. (laughs) My last question for you two, what's the foulest smelling food item that you've ever had in your cubicle? I did work in an office a few years ago where someone had left a piece of fruit in their drawer for quite some time, and it wasn't to be discovered until one day we came into the office and it was completely infested with fruit flies. You couldn't see for mist of fruit flies through the whole office. (laughs) When I was working over in England, we had a girl make a toasted sandwich. And on that toasted sandwich was blue cheese and tuna. And she (laughs) chucked it into the toasted sandwich machine. And then she went off to the toilet. And then she forgot she left it in there. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a triple whammy. It's a triple whammy. So the, the kitchen area was like on the same floor as our office. And there was doors between them. So we were all sitting there. And it was just like, you know, you could see it spread over this wide open plan office of first person starts squidging and you're like why are they sort of fidgeting 
around in their chair and then, <laughs> I can smell something. No, oh, God, we can all smell it. Yeah, oh, man, if you're ever wanting to just feel nauseous immediately, I don't know why. I don't know why you suddenly want to feel nauseous, but just imagine that. Just imagine that burning through your nostrils. Okay. <laughs> Okay, righto. On to my next set of questions. So one of Peter's workmates is named Michael Bolton and he gets pissed off as anything with people referring to the famous singer with the same name. What celebrity name would you least like to have? Refers to him as a no-talent ass clown, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going for James Bond. Basically... Oh, cool, man. <laughs> well, yeah, but you'd, you'd never live up to the name, though, would you? Yeah. yeah but you'd... Where are you going to get all those guns and exotic travel and cars and, and women from? I mean, yeah. What did you do not, on the weekend? Did you go out and kill some spies and drink martinis? No, I took my kids to soccer. Probably all the related STDs as well. That's probably a good thing. True. Um, but when I thought of this, I actually thought, you know, when they call the role in school, and I can just imagine every teacher at least once going, is Bond here? James Bond. Oh, that's good. Every Cringe. time. And... That's awesome. I'm also going to go with a fictional character. I'm going to go with a character that became famous when I was roughly seven or eight years old, and he's still on the television. And given that I'm five foot eight, bald, and got a little bit of a belly on me, everybody would have thought I've grown into him. It's Homer Simpson. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, come on. I also am yellow from years of alcohol abuse and have four... (laughs) Four fingers. Hmm. We need to evolve the fifth on each hand. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the consultants come in, sort out who's going to stay and who's going to go. Which three employees do you think the consultants should have fired? Right, here I'm I'm going for Tom, which seems a bit like wailing on the wheelchair guy, but (laughs) 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 it actually sounded like... He does nothing. Yeah. I think he's one of those people who just kind of walks the corridors all day. One thing he does do is he comes up with some of the stupidest ideas that you've ever heard of, like the jump to conclusions map. <laughs> uh, my second one, it's, it's got to be Lumberg. He's just one of those annoying bosses. One, of the, one yeah. of the eight that Peter has that he just doesn't really need. Um, and then my third person has got to be Nina from Accounts Payable. Accounts Payable, <laughs> Nina speaking, just a moment. <laughs> and now it kind of got me wondering. She just says that. That seems to be what she does all day. So I'm wondering, like, does she ever call these people back or, or what happens? Do they just yeah. fall off the line? How is Inatech still in business? Are they even calling in the first place or is she on stuck record? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe she is. She's the same one that basically makes Milton pass around the cake and doesn't let him get one, is she? Or? Yeah, yeah it is Nina. Yeah, you're it's right. Like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. The redhead. Kind of smaller and... I recognise redheads. I see them wherever <laughs> they go. Uh, I am going to go, first of all, with Peter Gibbons. He does 15 minutes of work a week. <laughs> but it's solid work, Sam. It is solid work. He gives it his all. But, and he still has to come in on the weekends and do another zero minutes of work. <laughs> and then when he has his revelation, he just turns into the biggest flipping arsehole that you know it's totally disruptive you know those guys hiring them are a pair of idiots themselves so i don't know why they think he has management capabilities <laughs> now second of all lumberg come on yeah lumberg he's got no idea he just roams the floors and basically just yeah he's useless and then finally i'm surprised he hasn't been mentioned already in this podcast but i'm gonna go with drew he oh, is a yes. walking sexual harassment case <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> But the, and again, this is the quality of this film in that it's got just about every stereotype 
covered because yeah. everybody's been in a workplace where there's a where there's a guy like Drew. Yeah, there's a scene where they're talking about going to this guy's barbecue and the, the, the guy that got um, injured in the accident and they start talking about it and they say to him, who are you taking? And he's like, oh, I'm going to take this girl from council, whatever, the new girl. And he's like, I think I might show her my old face. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I feel sick. Just, oh, I may have said it before a few times at work. <laughs> And, and there's a bit at the there's a bit in the credits as well when and I think it's an outtake from that same scene when it, when he talks about getting her on the roller coaster or the Drew coaster I think yeah oh, gross. <laughs> so that guy that guy's just a walking sexual harassment case yeah he's got to go good yeah. call <laughs> all right guys here's time for the real serious question of the night <laughs> what would the porn parody film be called. Okay, could I go first? Yes. Yeah. So my one's I've got co- like twelve. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see you've put a lot of deep thought into this. So my porn parody film is called Mondays at Morningwood because I gleaned a great fact right at the beginning of the movie when it goes to the first scene with Peter in his apartment. You actually see the sign in his apartment complex is called Morningwood Apartments. Okay, so I had like twenty. I'm just going to cut it down to my top three. <laughs> Coming in at number three. Oh, fist space. Oh. <laughs> Look at your smiley face at that one. Okay, yes, okay, yes. On. Do you want me to Moving along. show you another example? No. no. Okay. Coming in at number two, orifice space. Oh, nice. <laughs> yes. And then following on from the last answer, I'm going to go with oh, 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 face space. Okay. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Is my number one. I don't know how you're going to put that in the title. <laughs> Just be happy, uh, followers, that this is a non-visual show and you didn't have to see that. <laughs> I think I need to go outside for a little walk in the cold air for a bit. I'll just, I'll just catch you guys later. Uh, I, th- I think we need to be coming along to the next question. <laughs> oh, damn, it's me. Yeah, this will shift gears. So, which character did you relate to most in real life? So, you know, Michael Bolton, because I'd be that the same kind of organisational freak that would actually name my virus file virus, so I wouldn't lose it. <laughs> yeah, Which, <laughs> to be honest. If, so that nobody would know what it is. If I was going to stick a virus into a system, I wouldn't be doing it. <laughs> so it couldn't be tracked to me. I'm going to go with Peter. I just What really struck me is his utter frustration with everything that was going on around him. I currently don't work in an office as a result of years of frustration. I'm like, I'm out. I can't handle this. So yeah, definitely Peter. The correct answer there was Kahu, you're like Milton and Stacey, you're like Lumberg. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to tell us why? No, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I don't want to get beaten up on the way out of a podcast. <laughs> I will give you one clue. The number of times you've asked me to do something, it's like Lumberg. It's like, did you get that email? Now remember, if you're going to book something, you need to go into it and you need to go on the website and you need to book it. And it's like, yeah, I know how to book something on a website. Thank you. I actually gave you instructions on how to do something in the weekend. (laughs) And you said, why are you telling me this? I know how to do it. And then I went upstairs and you hadn't done it right. 
was deflating the inflatable mattress we had up for a guest. I said, okay, so you deflate the air, then you fold it up, then you put it in the bag, and then you put that bag back in the cupboard. I need another copy of the memo for that. So. <laughs> did you get that memo? I did not get that memo. No, you didn't. I'll put it in writing next time. Okay, time for another serious question. What sort of alcoholic beverage is this film? Light beer. Because it's light, breezy, and enjoyable, but at the end you still feel like you want a bit more. Nice. I like that analogy. And you can probably still drive home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go. When can you not drive home after a movie? Okay, <laughs> so I'm gonna liken this movie to a Kahlua and milk. It's not something I drink, but mainly it's beige. And I think the atmosphere in the office is a little bit beige. And I also need to point out that Kahlua did hit its peak in the late 90s, so very era specific. That's very good. That's a good answer. Okay, final question here from me, guys. Like the TPS reports, what's the most pointless thing? that you've ever had to do at a job? I'm just going with memos in general. (laughs) I mean, the amount of times when I've kind of spent two, maybe three hours writing a memo and then just going, actually, that person just sits like 50 steps that way. (laughs) Why don't I just go talk to them? So it's kind of like, you know, memos, they're just useless. Yeah, totally. Nice. Okay, so I found this really hard question. Before I tell you this, don't get me wrong, this job is really important. But I guess the key is, it was probably pointless having me do it. Are you insinuating that you weren't very good at this job, Stacey? Well, I just didn't have to do anything. I'll tell you what it was. Sounds like the perfect job. (laughs) Well, Sign me up. Yeah, it kind of is in a way. I was a lifeguard at the local swimming pool. (laughs) And so all you do all day is stand outside in the sun, making sure that kids don't run and making sure that no one drowns. You don't have to do anything because generally people don't drown. (laughs) And what would have happened if they started drowning? Are you saying it was pointless because you wouldn't be able to rescue them? You just blow a whistle and someone comes to (laughs) Someone else would rescue them. (laughs) So you you just point to some other customer already in the water. Hey, you, rescue them. Can you fish them out of the water? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm ginger and my skin is very pale. If I get in the sun See, and get burnt, well, exactly. this I don't is have a serious time to thing. blow like, oxygen into a kid's mouth in case I get sunburned. <laughs> <laughs> okay, team, if you were hypnotised, so you thought you wouldn't be at work, uh, which is what Peter wants his counselling hypnotherapist to do, <laughs> where would you be? I'd be on a tropical island, somewhere really warm, swimming in the ocean or in the pool or getting cocktails at the swim-up bar or something like that. I was thinking something like that too. You want something really calm and serene. You know, like I was thinking maybe on the side of a mountain after going snowboarding in the snow, like a log cabin. You know, something really calm, relaxed, really peaceful. So that's why I'm going to go for the middle of a mosh pit at a Rage Against the Machine concert. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's my idea of heaven. That's your happy place. That is my happy place. Uh, My next question for you two. Where does Bill Lumberg work after Inatech burns to the ground? This is easy. Seriously, who would hire this guy? So now that Inatech's burnt down, his first choice is Tchotchkes as the new (laughs) flare manager. Tchotchkes? What about Flingers? (laughs) Flingers is better. (laughs) Yeah, but do they have flair? Because I feel like he's the kind of guy who would go around hassling people about their flair, just like TPS reports. Yeah, and he's and he's he's quite happy with his suspenders already, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he's very happy with them. <laughs> yes. 
this guy, right, he's lacking charisma. He's a bit of a yes man to the people above him, but he likes telling people what to do. We don't really see him doing any work. He's really got nothing redeeming about him at all. You know, a lot of talk, not a lot of action. Politician. (laughs) Yes. Somebody, and I'm not going to name names, can be President of the United States of America, then surely this guy (laughs) could be UN Secretary General. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, leave the Trump, UN out Trump, of this. Trump, USA, USA. <laughs> and the podcast got political at question number 18. <laughs> and my last question. So ultimately, Peter's plan to siphon money from Inatech hits a few snags. So my question for you is, name one thing that Peter should have changed for his plan to be successful. The plan was successful. They got away with it because the building got burnt down. That's what he should have done. Shouldn't have returned the money. He should have gone one step ahead of Milton, gone down there, burnt it down himself. The perfect crime. (laughs) Or or got Milton on board to burn it down without needing to give him some money. Exactly. The main thing that Peter should have done is got better accomplices. He should have got rid of Michael Bolton and Samir and got somebody who was actually a good developer and could create a virus with decimal in the correct place. And the other person that he needed to bring on board was Walter White to help with all of his money laundering requirements. (laughs) (laughs) Wash it through the car wash. (laughs) Good. I like that, yeah, because Michael Bolden stuffs up twice. I mean, not only does he name a virus, but he, you know, moves the decimal point around. The guy's an idiot. What what does Samir do in this whole scheme? He hands them the disc. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, did he he have some other role in this, though? He He seems to have a lot of culpability but he didn't actually do anything be really involved <laughs> yeah, apart from yeah. knowing what the plan was what a bunch of goofs <laughs> <laughs> okay so that winds us down to our final question as i mentioned before tom invents this invention called the jump to conclusions mat where you stand there and there's a whole bunch of conclusions in front of you and you jump to a conclusion <laughs> As Michael says, that's the worst idea I've ever heard. <laughs> now, guys, what's the most harebrained invention or idea you guys have ever heard? Yes, this idea, it is just horrible. <laughs> um, for me, I can't go past the Hindenburg. I mean, hydrogen <laughs> airships, Whoa. not a great idea. And I know that hydrogen was less expensive than helium, but really, it's flammable and it was always going to end in tears. And it did. <laughs> And flames. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Literally went down in a ball of flames. Echoing your theme song there again. Yes. What about you, Ginger Princess? I am talking about the one of the most pointless food storage containers I've ever seen, <laughs> a banana slipcase. <laughs> so that's a hard plastic cover in the shape of a banana. So my main gripe with this is, like as Kahu pointed out earlier, bananas could do with a container because they do get bruised and squashed in the bottom of your bag and mashed up and all that kind of thing. So they do need a little bit of protection. But here's the problem. You must always buy a banana in the exact shape of your container for it to work. Okay, so you're telling me there's a container that's made of plastic and it's in the shape of a banana. (laughs) That's correct. I'm pretty sure you've found one of your girlfriend's vibrators and that's what she's told you it is. Maybe don't put a banana in there. <laughs> Pretty 
sure that's what it was? You found this plastic banana shaped thing and you're like, hey, what's this? Oh, it's a case for my b- b- banana. Oh, face. Oh, oh, banana face. You're a sucker for banana Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not. Okay, straight up. I'm gonna, I got two for this one. Here's something that just drives me insane and I can't believe it's successful is Billy the Big Mouthed Bass. Oh, I used to hate that. My cousin had one of them. Yes! That fish that you put on the wall and it sings, Take Me to the River, or Don't Worry, Be Happy. The creator of it said it sold millions and millions and millions. That is insane. Hey, that's. I think we could do something like that, guys. We could have a movie reviews in 20 Qs singing Animal. What? <laughs> have you got an insane woman? No, I just want to sell millions of units of something. It doesn't matter what it is. Maybe you can sell millions of units of a vibrator-shaped case that stores your vibrator in. <laughs> While researching this and going for the inventions, the other thing I saw was a key, a piano key doorbell. Right, so hear me out. <laughs> I thought you were going to say piano key necktie. Yes. <laughs> I, I did go to some dark places on the internet while looking up inventions that are, are really dumb and insane, but no, I didn't come up with that. Not on Channel 9, I hope. <laughs> no, no. But yeah, piano key doorbell. So there's three white keys, two black keys, it's a doorbell on your front door, and anyone that pushes those buttons, you get a different chime inside. Now, there's already a pain in the ass with neighbourhood kids coming around ringing your doorbell and running away. What about when they start composing Symphony Number no. 9 on your door at fucking 3 o'clock in the morning? <laughs> Beethoven's, that's like... Wouldn't you be blown away if somebody came up to your door and did that? That'd be awesome. It's three in the morning? You're trying to tell me, the girl that takes two and a half hours before she can talk to someone in the morning, that you'd be fine with somebody <laughs> playing sharps and flats on your door at 4am? They're probably drunk, so they'll be like, duh, duh, duh. oh, sorry. Yeah. Duh, duh, duh. Oh, sorry, start again. <laughs> okay, useless. Yeah, absolutely useless. There's some crazy ideas out there, and good luck to you if you think of inventing them. And that's the end of our podcast. Kahu Tapsu will thank you for coming along and doing uh, your favourite movie with us. It's been great to have you. And have you got any final thoughts about this movie that you think that the listeners need to know? I've been nagging you ever since you started the Nerd vs. Noob podcast to do oh, this fuck movie. fuck if I heard so, it. Yeah. <laughs> so this definitely isn't the worst day of my life. But this movie has just got so many golden moments in it. It's kind of pitched perfectly as a light comedy, but with a it, it does parody the whole office working culture of the 90s. What about you, Stace? What would you like to say? I would like to say, yeah, agree with Kahu. It's lighthearted, really easy to watch, does have a lot of clever stuff in there. And I find it a little bit chilling, to be honest, how accurate and depressing. <laughs> and that takes us to the end. Thanks again for listening. Uh, anyway, that is thanks for me. Thank you. Bye-bye, troops. <laughs> Who the fuck's cooking? Where am I? I just got that. And morning wood. Morning wood, yeah. That's the joke. Well, obviously. My, yeah, well, my face has gone really red and reenacting them. That was fun. Wait, wait, wait. I've got this. I've got this. Prant, prant, prant. Oh, no. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Prant, prant, prant. Prant, prant. Prant, prant.